0: hello people hope you've been having a good day a good week a good month for we'll basically much set aside for women kind of celebrating women encouraging them acknowledging them amongst other things so uh, my next few podcasts will be talking about some things that women go through since majority of my audience are people that trying to move from Nigeria to Canada or from different parts of Africa to still Canada or maybe UK, I would I'll start with uh, seeking help. Once you're in Canada, uh, So yeah, let's let's get started. Yay! It's Chronicles with Pearls. I'm going to start with a story uh, that's, what so that's my birth story, my pregnancy story with my first child uh, the, the, I think the pregnancy went smoothly I was very agile, very active my doctors and peers they were kind of worried for me Like ah, you're not behaving like a pregnant woman you have so much energy this and that uh so yeah, I think I would say I was a strong. I was maybe I am a strong person. So I, I didn't, I didn't think I needed, should I say, the health care as much. But still, my doctor recommended. In fact, they called me every week because there's a way you'd, as you present yourself, people will start being, will start getting worried for you. Yes, I had so many things going on in my life, at the period I, I was with my first child. So my doctor like, took it upon herself, my, yeah, my doctor was a female, to give me all the help she thought that I needed. So every week, I probably had two or three different doctor's appointments. I also I'll speak with the mental health nurse, uh, some other weeks I will speak with the psychologist, uh, then I see my doctor regularly And also she signed me up for like a She has a bedding class So for first-time moms, they have services available Especially in Canada. I'm in BC. So there were services That they signed me up for So th- those classes you, you get to learn how to feed like warning signs to look out for who and where or when to call for help. Even had like a dietitian on the ground. So, when I go for like these weekly meetings, we talk about baby pregnancy. Uh, we we have a little session with intuition inside dietitian on, on ground. They'll tell you selling foods to eat that would boost your mood. Maybe if you are constipated, they'll tell you what to do and whatnot. So, I had. Should I say, I had access to all these things, which were very helpful. Even though I didn't know that I needed them, I still went because I was kind of free with my time then. So I indulged, I did everything that was required of me. So let's see, go down to, let's move down to, should I say delivery period. I was already in my last few, should I say days of pregnancy. My baby was already full-term, but I, st- yeah, we were still going. You know how, if you watch Nigeria movies, you, you get the idea that for you to have your baby, your water will break in the house, and then, yeah, you call your spouse or your partner or anyone at home, and you guys start running around, grabbing bags, supporting your waist, putting you in a car, rushing to the hospital. So, yeah, so that was my notion of delivery so i had prepared my mind basically for when my water would break that's when i would know that i was in labor and the thing with coming from should i say countries like nigeria ghana the most african countries i guess we this is me speculating i guess we're used to should i say higher threshold of pain that when we We feel something, we just brush it off that, oh yeah, this is nothing, like I've seen worse, something like that. So, (laughs) I, anyway, still on this first story, I I didn't really feel, should I say pain per se, but I just felt uneasy, which I could manage. I think the two two days before that, I, I went to the beach with some friends from my church, we usually have barbecues in the summer. This was in July. So I had fun with people. We did line dancing, some other physical activities. I played ball a bit, I think. And then I got home. So this, my next appointment was on a Friday. So I got to the hospital. Usually when you're close to should I say the end of a pregnancy, they would check your blood pressure, check your urine, if there is protein or blood in it. Do certain checks, ask you how you're feeling. And then sometimes they check your cervix if it's open, if you're in labor and whatnot. So I did the routine test, everything, everything was normal. Uh the doctor was like, oh, let me just check to see if maybe anything is happening like down there. So I obliged. I laid down. I was feeling okay, but when she checked like my blood pressure, like oh yeah, it's somehow high maybe stay a bit like rest a bit i decided to rest then they checked my service like oh it seems (laughs) it seems you're you're in labor like your service is open kind of i can't really remember having seen because this was like seven years ago so yeah that that happened they they had to keep me overnight that was on friday I stayed overnight till the following day, Saturday. And then I had my baby. Saturday evening. So Saturday morning, thankfully I had support. I came I came to this country. I came to Canada with a bunch of Nigerians. Mostly from uh, River State. So since they heard I was in the hospital, they were happy. Like, oh yeah, we're going to have a baby. So I think almost all the girls came in to see me at one point or the other from Saturday morning till when I delivered. I think I was told that while they were waiting for me outside, while I was in the <laughs> in the labor room. The nurses told them only family members were allowed to be out there. Then the ladies that were there, they all took, they all claimed relationship Someone even said that they were my twin sister. Someone was like, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm the husband's this, I'm that. So pretty much I had like a whole army of people waiting for me outside while I was in the labor. Though I felt strong, I I think I I pushed from 6.30 to like 8.50 something. That's when my my daughter came out. But in the process of being in that room, I read every literature they had in the labor room. So I saw they had uh, some aids to help the mother with bettering the child if they were tired. So (laughs) I pushed to the point I told them that, oh yeah, I'm tired. I can't maybe use this method. They said, no, you're strong. You can do this. My 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 husband was there cheering me and tapping that. Oh yeah, yeah, you're doing good. At that point, i didn't even want to hear his voice i was just tired and exhausted i think that was the first time i knew i needed help well thankfully within few minutes from from like from that moment my my daughter was born yeah my my friends they, they came to see her it it was it was a nice experience actually what exactly am I driving out after we had the baby my my church they had this meal train which is basically a process where people come together and decide who would cook for you take turns to cook and bring to your family so my church members they did that we had some roommates, a Ganyan and a Nigerian. They also helped helped us uh, settle in with the baby. My other friends, they came. They came around to carry the baby. <laughs> yeah, of course, who doesn't like a baby? Thankfully, we had all this support, kind of at our fingertips, with uh, my first child. That when it came time for us to have the second one i didn't really think much about it because oh yeah like i kind of i felt i knew how the bedding process would be so i was expecting it to be the same literally like they say every every pregnancy is different my second child i was ill almost throughout the pregnancy i couldn't eat i threw up almost every day i had to go to the ER, which is the emergency room, a couple of times because of the year I was feeling. Uh, had to take some medications to kind of help me with the process. And being that I got pregnant in 2019, and then 2020, March, the whole COVID pandemic saga began. So there were lots of uncertainties around giving birth. Uh, should I say help around... Yeah, it was, it was a really stressful time, coupled with me being sick, too, with the pregnancy. Yeah, I, I didn't go to, like, hospital, I didn't go to, like, more support groups like I did with my first. Uh, a friend of mine said, maybe because I'm more matured, <laughs> so they, they don't need to keep a very close eye on me. Like, uh, it's okay, I, I know kind of what to expect, most things to expect. But yeah, I had more doctors' visits with this one than the first one because, like I said, I wasn't feeling too good. So doctors and nurses they had to monitor me more closely, which which they did. Uh, with the pregnancy, I, my blood pressure increased, so they were watching for any signs of preeclampsia, which is uh, another condition. That happens to some pregnant women, and that could proceed, that could lead up to a after they give birth. So they were monitoring me for that. They checked urine, checked everything. Anyway, since I was so weak, <laughs> I, I knew that my water wouldn't break just like my first, my first one. I think water broke just before she came out before i started pushing was i had already been dilated a couple of centimeters before water broke i was already in the hospital so i i still had let's say 50 chance of my water breaking i still had the thought of my water breaking at home and then rushing to the hospital to give birth but still that didn't happen i ran for my usual routine check close to my my delivery date they checked my blood pressure the doctor was like oh yeah it's it's too high for you and i told them yeah i was having headaches that day maybe slight waist pain but then throughout the pregnancy i was feeling uneasy (laughs) i was kind of sick throughout so i didn't really pay much attention to should i say the waist pain that i was having but i was more concerned with the headache because I had migraine before the pregnancy and then they officially diagnosed it while I was pregnant. So that was my concern. I had headaches so bad that I have to be in the dark room. I have to just lie down, use cold compress. I try my best not to take any drugs or headaches. I try to sleep if I can. So, yeah, my major concern was, "Ah, you guys should give me something for this headache. At this point, I was willing to take drug, (laughs) take medication for the headache. So, the doctor, as usual, they said, okay, let's just check if you're dilated, since you're close to when you're supposed to. you already feel time, let's check. So, I laid on their table, they checked. The doctor was like, oh, yeah, uh, there's nothing going on yet. This was I think around 3 p.m. still in July of 2020. So okay, like I was still requesting for something for the headache. So she said okay, she's going to call uh I think I, I had an appointment to do a non-stress test. That that's another jersey procedure that they do for for setting pregnant women to check how their baby is in the womb. I guess when they try counting the movement of the baby, doing your checks, if they don't like feel as much movement, they'll send you to do a non-stress test. They strap some, some stuff on your belly and hook you up to a monitor where they see the activity of the baby. So I went up to do that. Did that, everything was fine, baby was okay. I was still complaining of headaches, I called my, my husband, he came trying to cheer me up. So another doctor came like, oh yeah, what did they say from your visit downstairs, because I was already in the hospital. I told them the lady, the doctor made said, oh yeah, nothing was happening like down there. I should just come up for my routine test, then I could leave if I'm feeling better. So he asked if he could check. This was now, I think 5, 5 p.m. I did the first one around three, this was around five. So the doctor was like, oh, do you mind if I just check to see if your, if your service is open or something? I was like, I don't mind, just check, but still get me something for the headache. I was, I think my face was, I don't know, be plain, pretty much no emotion. So maybe they thought I wasn't serious. With the headache. Anyway. Doctor checked. He was like, Ah, you your three cm dilated. I'm like, okay. Uh is is that good or bad? It's like, ah, uh, he started wondering what the doctor that saw me two hours before saw. He was like, no, them three to four cm dilated. How come when they checked they saw nothing? I was like, I don't know. I please, I need something for the headache. They said uh, I would hold on for medication. You have to do some other stuff. But the shop brought me ice block to chew on and then to place on my head since that was my problem headache. My husband had to, I guess, prepare the house for us because the doctor then told him that, oh, I'll probably give birth within the weekend. I guess that day was a Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. So the doctor told my husband that maybe by Sunday, before the end of the week, I'll have my baby. But they will need to keep me in the hospital to observe me, since my blood pressure was also high. So he he left. He got home to kind of prepare the house for me, maybe bring the, my, the pregnancy bag or something, then keep... Uh, with one of our neighbors, our friends. So while he left, I was in so much pain. I, I didn't know how to shout, <laughs> which is something I advise you to do if, if you're in pain. Please speak out, be vocal about your pain. Because I have been known to be strong, even when I was in so much pain, I didn't want to show it. So I guess maybe that's why the nurses and the doctors didn't really take me serious. I was like, oh yeah, I have headache. Give me something for headache in my, should I say low tone? They kept forgetting. I spent hours there and they gave me nothing for the said headache that I was complaining about. The headache was so bad that I just started crying. <laughs> like tears were coming out from my eyes and my head was hot to touch from my, own, from my angle. So, while using the system here, if you're uncomfortable, if something disrupts your daily life or daily routine, I'll urge you to speak up. Like, speak up as as much as you can. Let them know. Anyway, back to the story. Finally, they they took me to a bedroom room. I think at that point, I started counting my contractions because I didn't even know I was having contractions. But since I was trapped to a machine there, the the nurse was telling me that the spikes I was seeing were contractions, which were, I think, the waist pain I thought I was having, because I saw the spikes move as my waist pain increased. So I knew that, oh yeah, the waist pain I was having were contractions. So they decided to move it to a birthing room, like a room where I would give birth from where I was waiting. It wasn't far, maybe, for normal person 30 steps from where I was <clears throat> but before I could stand and walk to the door of the room I was I had a contraction it was so bad I cried the more <laughs> I cried in silence too I like, didn't want to make any sound I, I don't know maybe I was just ashamed I don't know I was ashamed people the people were shouting. Other oh, women were around. I think they had more babies that day <laughs> than any they have been around the hospital. People were in their room shouting, so people knew that they needed help. I was trying to hide my voice so they would know I'm in pain. So I, I managed to walk to my delivery room. Thankfully, the my labor and delivery nurse there she I guess she's experienced with my kind of situation she was not worried that oh I haven't taken anything and I feel like she feels like I'm in pain which I said yes to she opted to give me nitrogen gas I said I would try that but I haven't done that before I just couldn't do the breathing technique for the gas to work so she left that she opted to give me fentanyl I objected then she asked what I used for my previous uh, pregnancy. I told her I was given an epidural. So yeah, she said okay, that uh, you have to call the anesthesiologist to come and hook me up. <laughs> like I said, there were so many women giving birth that day, we had to wait for another hour before the anesthesiologist would come and hook me up with the epidural. When this doctor came to put it in, I spent another 30 minutes waiting for it to work. It didn't work. At that point, <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hide my, my tears any longer. I, I did small humming sounds by crying. <laughs> they kept asking, oh, is it working? Can you feel your legs? Like, yeah, I can feel everything. Like, it's not working. Apparently, if your epidural works, your your legs will feel heavy when you try to lift them, but they've tried to put it in already. It's been 30 minutes. I feel everything. I can move my legs. Uh, At that point, I began praying silently again in my mind. I I, I kind of knew that I couldn't push for two hours because I, I, I was out of energy. I felt so weak. I knew that I was weak. I knew I was not as strong as I was when I had my first child. So judging from my experience with my first child, I, I, I prayed more, like, oh, yeah, God, I, I can't push for two hours. I don't think I can do this, like, help me. <laughs> that was the prayer I prayed. Well, after that prayer, actually, the, the astrologist was like, oh, how tall are you? <laughs> i i told her my my height she then said oh that the, she just has to reset something from the machine that they were using she fixed it up within a minute i couldn't feel my legs anymore so apparently your height has something to do with the epidural i didn't know until that day then she left i guess they were using, uh the setting for someone shorter than i am for me okay so after that i was now comfortable i was just feeling a little bit of pressure but no pain even my headaches subsided a bit i spoke with some family and friends my friends were chatting since i said it's like covid era they were not allowed visitors to come in they already told my husband once he leaves and comes back he won't be allowed to go out again because of like covid so he was taking his time preparing everything since the doctor told him that by the weekend we'll have the baby, not that day. I told him that, no, <laughs> we're going to have this baby today, like in July. He was like, no, August. I said, no, I I just know, I will have a child in July. So while I was like being relaxed from the whole epidural experience, chatting with family and friends, requesting for things, uh from them because like oh yeah what do you need you need something some people were asking online i told them what i needed i felt i felt something (laughs) so at that point the doctor and the nurse they already came to check on me but since they gave me epidural they covered my my leg because i think one of the side effects of that is you feel cold So, they were trying to keep me warm, so they had blankets all over me from like my waist down. So, the doctor came, checked my pulse, looked at the monitor, and left. Which is, I think, another thing that they they shouldn't be doing. Not just check monitor, check your patients. So, yeah, at that point, I was still, my stomach was still strapped to the machine because they were trying to see mm, how my baby was faring inside with the machine so the machine started beeping which meant that it was not getting any reading from my child the doctor came i was like oh yeah this is what you're going to do they are going to maybe insert like a wire inside hopefully to touch my baby's head that way they could feel his movements his paws everything i i also said okay like yeah that's okay since you guys want to monitor him so he's not in distress know why they were telling me this procedure they didn't even like check from my stomach region down they just touched the strap so my legs and my waist everything was still covered in blankets so while the doctor was going to go get uh was it the electrode to use on my baby i just felt something in between my thighs that was the first time I screamed that day <laughs> I screamed immediately because I felt okay yeah it seems the baby's coming so I screamed of course the, the monitor was still beeping since there was no pulse from the baby another doctor had to run in and then that was when she removed the blanket from like, my waist down as she removed it apparently my baby's head was already out he was forcing his way out they started telling me, don't push, don't push, just hold on. I was like, I'm not pushing, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. So within two minutes, I was like set up to deliver the baby. Like, they spread my legs on that betting table. Like, okay, don't push, I'll tell you when to push. I was still praying, like, oh God, what's happening? Because <laughs> I was still waiting for. My water to break, which it hadn't it hasn't broken at that point. So, the doc- doctor was like, Okay, I need you to push now. So, I pushed, I was like, Okay, okay, one more push. So, I literally pushed twice, and that was when my water broke. My baby came out at the same time. It was, hmm, it was really an experience. Everybody was, they were happy and like, oh wow, we didn't know it was gonna happen this fast. <laughs> so the baby came out, I think 10.55 p.m. I, I was in the hospital from like 12 o'clock. I saw the first doctor by three, the next doctor by five, and then intermittent checks from that, from five to 10 p.m. when I gave birth. So what's, what's the point of this story? point is, you, you need to ask for help when you need to do so. Don't be afraid of anything. Everyone is there to do their jobs. For me, I don't know why I was, should I say afraid? I, I don't know why I had to be strong. Strong for who? I don't know. I was in a place where everyone there had sort of my best interests at heart. And I still saw the need to be strong. Strong for who, I don't know. So yeah, don't don't be like me. When you're in pain, speak out. If you're uncomfortable, whatever situation you find yourself, speak out. When you need something, say it. Don't think people would know what you need for you. <laughs> they don't. People don't have your, your pain threshold. Everybody's pain threshold is different. whatever your needs are don't be afraid to speak out so that's it for today my friends as you leave Nigeria as you come to Canada and you feel something is wrong always trust you've got seek help whenever you can seek help it's important until next time